We'd like to welcome you back to our current, inv- current event in Bible study for February 12, 2012. Taylor just brought up a good point. And she said, Horn had just, all he's ever done from the inception of the ministry is to just reel people in so he could finally get to this point where he would finally, where everybody's defenses would be down essentially to the point where they would just accept whatever he's going to say. And now he's not so subtly brought this garbage in alongside all of his other research, most of which is is good regarding transhumanism and a lot of the stuff that they're trying to do from us on a big brother standpoint. Most of it is is very good and cutting edge. But it's this is the agenda. This is the leaven that he probably from his inception has wanted to bring in. Or if not, he's been corrupted. I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to give him that much credit at this point, because this is so flagrant. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Leaven, like leaven in dough, it only takes a little bit to make the whole amount of dough rise. Leaven is in the Bible always a type of sin. Jesus Christ said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine. Their doctrine. This is bad doctrine. This is leaven. So let's go further now. So, Manning, this devil Catholic guy from the 1800s, foresaw the destruction of the city of Rome as a result of its partnership with the Antichrist. Throughout history, including recent times, numerous Catholic priests have built on the foundation laid by Cardinal Manning and have often been surprisingly outspoken on their agreement regarding the inevitable danger not only of the apostate Rome, apostate like it hasn't already been, but also the false prophet rising from within the ranks of Catholicism itself as a result of secret satanic Illuminati Masonic influences. Oh, we just got to be able to blame something because the Catholic Church will never blame itself. Even though the wickedness was already there from its very inception, from its very foundation. But see, they can never blame themselves. Satan never blames himself. He's the accuser of all brethren. He's always going to be pointing fingers other way, other place. To get your to get your eyes off himself, and in this case on the Catholic Church, and get it onto someone else. Oh, they're to blame. Now it makes sense. So numerous other Catholic priests have built on this foundation laid by this devil. This is where this modern-day traditionalist movement stems from. According to Catholic priests, such as Father... I'm going to get into those verses about calling no man Father in a second. According to, to Catholic priests... And again, Horn only quotes from Catholic priests now, or Jesuits. That, that, that's his total source of information. In these articles. Why would you go to Satan to get your doctrine, to get your belief system? Why would you do that? According to Catholic priests such as Father E. Sylvester Berry, whose book, The Apocalypse of St. John, foretold the the usurpation of the papacy by a false prophet, 
and father, Herman Bernard Kramer, whose work, The Book of Destiny, painted a terrifying scenario in which Satan enters the church and assassinates the true Pope, possibly during a conclave, in order that his false Pope can rise. I mean, when was there ever a good Pope? That's what I want to know. When was there ever a really good Pope? There hasn't ever been ever. You follow that devil, you go to hell. There's never been a good Pope. They've all been false. This is so sickening. So again, he quotes these two Catholic priests that have put out books about the coming false Pope in their eyes and corruption of the true Catholic faith. And then he goes on to say, as well as similar beliefs by priests like Father John F. O'Connor and Father Alfred Kuntz and Father Malachi Martin. Have you heard one thing so far that would condemn or expose these wolves in sheep's clothing that were commanded to expose in the Bible? Have you heard one thing? Have you heard one thing exposing these ministers of Satan that are trying to appear as ministers of righteousness? Like the Bible says, the Bible says to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. Well, the Catholic dogma is absolutely contrary to New Testament Christianity. Why isn't Tom Horn marking all these devils? Why is he promoting them? Because he's one of them, obviously. Come on, Tom. Come on and admit it. Just flat out say it. You're already saying it loud and clear. Quit. Don't don't skirt any issues anymore. Flat out, come out and say it. You are a Catholic and or Jesuit, whatever you are. And just... For the whole world to know. Then we'll know. For, for I mean, quit trying to play this garbage where you're not flat out coming and admitting this stuff when you are totally admitting it through your own writings, though. Oh, no, we couldn't do that because then we couldn't deceive the maximum amount of people. And that's what it's all about. I mean, I'm just being brutally honest. So, again, as well as similar beliefs by all these fathers or whatever, this will happen because secret society and sinister false Catholic infiltrators understand the geopolitical influence of Rome in the world is indispensable for controlling the future global elements in matters of church and state. Oh, it's just those secret Masonic infiltrators again. If it wasn't for them, the world would be wonderful. What does the Bible say? Matthew 23, 8 through 12 says, But be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father on earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But that's what the Pope would call himself. He's master over all. He's master over his church. He rules without... He's papal infallibility. Anything he says, he, he's never uttered anything false. <laughs> I mean, 
what absolute rank arrogance doesn't even describe it. And then he goes on to say, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Oh, I see this, the, the hierarchy, particularly the Catholic Church. They're, they're real humble in their big flowing garments and vestments and receiving all this adoration and people kissing the Pope's ring and licking his boots and all the other garbage. <laughs> servant? <laughs> yeah, right. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. Again, think about the Catholic hierarchy. Think about most people in ministry nowadays, particularly televangelism and these types of things. They're servants to no one. The only thing they're a servant to is Satan. They're a servant to greed and mammon and that, yeah. But whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. Those days are coming. And he, but and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. See, the way up in God's eyes is to humble yourself. And the person that's greatest among you, let him be your servant. Many that are actually first in this earth shall be last in heaven. And many that are last in this earth shall be first in heaven. Is the See, we've got it all backwards most of the time. And the church doesn't even teach that concept, hardly. Well, it's a modern day 501c3 corporate church that's yoked up with the government. What do you expect? Because 99.9% of them are. Done many teachings on that. Just keep 501c3 in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. Don't have time to go there. The Roman Catholic Church represents, now this is back to Tom Horn's article, the Roman Catholic Church represents one-sixth of the world's population and over half of all professing Christians that's what Tom Horn says. He says they're Christians. This is his article, not my words, his. Why didn't he at that point stop and say, but they're all deluded and deceived and we need to pray that they get saved and get out from underneath this devil's death cult and be shown the truth? No, he doesn't say that. He just, he just says it. And he keeps going, just like all of these other people he's quoting. They just He just lets all these Catholics speak their peace and put out their propaganda and lies, and he just presents it as truth. No refutation, propagation. No rebuking, extolling, glorifying. Unbelievable. But... At least, at least we know where he stands now. There's no doubt about it anymore. If there ever was for the last, <laughs> I don't know, year. Let me read this last sentence again. The Roman Catholic Church represents one-sixth of, sixth of the world's population and over half of all professing Christians. Now, you're reading that and you're thinking, well, I guess they are Christians. If he says it and he's been a pastor like for like a long, long time and I'm just a baby Christian... Who, do, who am I to judge? I guess they are Christians. What do you start thinking in your mind? Well, we're all big one happy family. And it has its own diplomatic corps of ambassadors posted in industrialized nations globally. This is the Catholic Church. And over 180 nations of the world send their ambassadors to the capital city, the Vatican. To pay tribute to the great Satan sitting on the throne in Vatican, otherwise known as the Pope. 
The Bible says that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Jesus Christ never had a throne on this earth where he, where he demanded people come to him and basically pay tribute and kiss his ring and lick his boots. Jesus Christ washed the apostles' feet. He humbled himself as a servant. Humbled himself to the point of crucifying himself on the cross when he could have called down a hundred legions of angels from heaven. No, he humbled himself constantly. There's no humility in the, in the Catholic Church and in the hierarchy in particular. It's the exact opposite. It's because it's an anti-Christ religion. In a two-hour presentation available on DVD, Father O'Connor gave a homily entitled The Reign of the Antichrist. Again, he's promoting this. He is promoting this DVD that this Catholic devil priest gave. Father O'Connell gave a homily titled The Reign of the Antichrist in which he described how changes within society and in the, in, in the institution were already at work before his death to provide for the coming of Antichrist. Oh, see, again, it's just always about the infiltration of the Catholic Church. It's the only reason it's went bad. Oh, boy. And he goes on to say, in this sermon and elsewhere, O'Connor outlined the catalyst for this scheme unfolding as a result of Masonic conspirators. Again, it's over and over and over again. He keeps emphasizing Masonic infiltration, Illuminati, Masonic conspirators within the organization whose plan called Alta Vendita would essentially take control of the papacy and help the false prophet deceive the world's faithful, including Catholics, into worshiping Antichrist. Again, reaffirming again in his own words, in his own article, off his own website, the world's faithful, including Catholics. Now, he doesn't even define who the world's faithful are, because that means all religions too. I mean, hey, that's where it's ultimately going to end up leading. It's not going to just be Catholicism. It's going to be the one world religion under Antichrist. <laughs> I don't know how much more flagrant the guy can get. I really don't. I really don't. Now, just to reaffirm this, if you're having any doubts at this point, I give you the six parts, two, two teachings I've done, each have three parts, where I get into... Uh, how he's selling the Apocrypha now on his site, which is Catholic, which is where the Catholics get a lot of their bad, bad doctrine from. He's selling it on his website now. Uh, the Catholic Promoting Doctrine, Raiders News Network, Tom Horn Warning. There's three parts on that. And then also the other one I did, Tom Horn, Raiders News Network, Gary Stearman, David Flynn, Sir Isaac Newton, Warnings and Concerns. That was the first one I did. And there's, so there's a total of six parts. I get under this. It's all his information. It's not me. It's not my opinion. It's his stuff out of his mouth. I'm just commenting on the obvious. I'm just pointing out the obvious, which is all we really did today. Next article. Bisexual pedophile Bishop Eddie Long is crowned as a god king. Have you seen this? I can't even... I, I started to watch it and I couldn't. I had to turn it off. I got so... I'm serious. I just got mad. I really got righteous and indignant. I had to turn it off. I can't watch it. 
I'm not saying it's because I mean whatever. I just, it's too much. Bishop Eddie Long is making headlines again, and for all the wrong reasons. Now, before we get into this, I've already done a couple, one almost dedicated teaching, one part of a teaching on him. And I give you the link to that teaching. It's my Endime Current Event 418.11 last year, part three. And here's the table of contents. Okay. Bishop Eddie Long cranks up a new dance move called Cross It Up. And then Bishop Eddie Long and his accusers. The accuser of Bishop Eddie Long speaks out. Bishop Eddie Long accused of sex abuse. News conference. Fourth accuser now comes out. Spencer Legrand speaks on Eddie Long. This guy had four uh, black men. And what he did is when they got to be a certain age, I don't know. I don't know, 14, 15, whatever. All of a sudden, he started taking all this interest in them. Started showering them with gifts. You know, buying them cars, all this other stuff. And started sexually molesting them. And when the first one came out, then the other ones got the courage to come out as well. He had four black men, boys, that he, that, that he was sexually molesting while he was the pastor. Okay? Coming out of the woodwork like crazy. Now, um, I'm going to get back to that in a second. I'm going to read this to you. Bishop Eddie Long is making headlines again. Now, I've already done the teaching. We've already heard their reports. I'm not trying to sit here and make false accusations. I'm sitting here saying there is way too much proof about this guy doing what he's doing. And and this is not no false accusation. The Bible, the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. And I mean, this is so flagrant what he's doing that, again, you listen to the first teaching and then... If you want to come back to that, that's fine. But this guy is evil. Okay? Um, the beleaguered megachurch pastor is now shown participating in an elaborate ceremony where he is crowned a god king. Long made headlines in September of 2010 after he was accused of sexual misconduct by four male former church members uh, who said that he abused his spiritual authority. The mega church leader settled out of court for an unknown amount of money in May and then took a sabbatical last year to deal with, quote, personal issues. But he returned to the pulpit in January. What kind of deluded people would let this devil come back to their pulpit. I mean, I read stuff like that, and I, and I think, man, I tell you, the, the church, the modern-day 501c3 corporate church, is just so far gone, where they would allow something like this, and then take him back. It's, it's like the dog has returned to his own vomit, and the pig to its own wallowing in the mire. That Bible verse comes. This guy settled out of court for an undisclosed amount of money. And you're telling me he's not guilty? If he was innocent, why would he do that? Why would he settle out of court for an undisclosed amount of money? He paid them all off. I would never do that if I was innocent. Ever. But if you're guilty, well, hey, it's a way to deal with it here. I mean, that's what he did. 
So, of course, he took a sabbatical after that to deal with personal issues. Imagine that. But he came back after things cooled down in January. And now he's being crowned a God King. This devil, bisexual pedophile. Unbelievable. In a recent service in January 29, 2012, and and I'll give you the link if you can stomach watching it. I couldn't watch the whole thing. I had to turn it off. But uh, we see Eddie Long, who is bishop at New Missionary Baptist Church. I mean, there are qualifications, everyone, for being a elder, bishop, deacon, pastor. And let me tell you something. Eddie Long never qualified, ever. In fact, if all the pastors would go and honestly read that portion of Scripture where it talks about biblical qualifications for pastors, which is the husband of one wife is the first criteria. There's no Bible for the wife of one husband. There is no Bible for female pastors, preachers, bishops, deacons, elders. There is no Bible for it. I'm not being chauvinistic. I'm being biblically correct. I've done a whole study on this. Not because I want to keep women in the Stone Age, because all I really care about is what the Bible says. And I'm sorry if that offends, but am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth according to Galatians 4.16? I'm not going to apologize for truth. I'm not the one that made the rule book up. If you have a problem with me about that particular issue, no, your problem is not with me. It's with the Word of God. Take it up with God. And I've done a whole teaching on what women can do for the Lord. Biblically, what can they do for the Lord? And I've never had a woman come back to me and say, that really offended me. Because I'm not, it's not what I'm about doing. I'm not about, I'm not about offending women. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I just go on line by verse, scripture by scripture, precept upon precept. Just keying woman in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. And there's a big gigantic PDF that gets you all the scripture. You can follow right along with it, right there, which is what I try to do with every teaching. This man never was qualified to be a pastor. And I truly believe that I mean, there's criteria you have to meet. Ruling your own house well. Sober, grave. Not given to filthy lucre, which is money. Not, not greedy of money. Not a wine-bibber. Meaning somebody who's a drunk. Ruling one's own house well from the churches I've been in would disqualify many, 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 many a preacher. And then you have the fact that they're the vast, vast majority of them went to seminaries where they, a lot of them were ruined. Oh, that, that, that version, that King James version's no good. It's, it's old fuddy-duddy stuff. You need the new modernist versions that we got from the Catholic Church that all spawned from the 1881 Revised Version that was derived from the, the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticate corrupt Catholic manuscripts, which has spawned virtually all the modern-day Bible versions. So we have bad doctrine coming in through the Bibles themselves. We have leavened Bibles coming in. And the seminaries, which should be called cemeteries, are propagating this garbage and undermining and destroying the faith of the pastors before they ever even graduate from the seminaries. That's more, that's more reality, what I just said, than, than, than anything else. I'm not saying every single one, but I'm saying the vast majority. They're ruined before they even get out of the gate. And then they got to go get their state licensing from the state in order to preach. 
Where's that in the Bible? Thou shalt go to the state to get your license in order to preach the word of God. It doesn't say that. It does not say that. There is no Bible for the apostles or Jesus Christ or any of them doing that. The state cannot sanction that. But if you let them do it, they will. And then go on and get your 501c3 corporate status from the government, which gives your church its right to exist. Can you see all the sources of, of infiltration and leaven and corruption that have come in? Oh, it's no wonder this stuff's going on. It's just a byproduct of all that. So, this mega church leader, Eddie Long, settled out of court for an unknown amount of money in May. Uh, and then it goes on to say, in a recent service, Eddie Long, who is a bishop at New, New Birth Missionary Baptist Church, invited Ralph Mesner, who claims to be a rabbi. Oh good, we get some Messianic Judaism now. Some Hebrew Roots Movement, which I've probably done about 12 teachings on that as well, or at least 12 parts. And got more flack over that than anything I've ever put out. And I really don't care. Because my life is not a popularity contest. That is some dangerous, dangerous, dangerous stuff. Just like Seventh-day Adventists, this, these whole Sabbatarians, and the, oh, got to keep this, and you got to do this, and it's just works-based religion is all it ends up turning into. And these people want to be glorified. They want to be, it's like they want to become Jews or something. And they want it, they just, they've just got to be brought back into bondage. They just cannot have the liberty that Christ gave us in, in Jesus Christ. They got to, they just got to be in bondage. They got to get, they got to earn their way to heaven is what it really boils down to. It's evil. And again, I did about 10 to 12 parts on that. Just key in Hebrew or Messianic or whatever you want to in the search box at contendingfortruth.com and, and you'll see a whole bunch of teachings I've done on that that I got extreme flack over. Oh well. Um, let's go further. This rabbi, Ralph Messner, who claims uh, he brought a Torah uh, a scroll into this church. Okay, first five books, books of the Bible, Torah, scroll. Okay, he brought it into the church. The rabbi then proceeds to pronounce Eddie Long as a king in God's government. Lifting him up in his chair slash throne and carrying him around on stage where his, I don't know, the guy's up there. They were carrying this guy around on stage, this bisexual pedophile that was raping black boys, taking them into his confidence and then raping them sodomizing them, and this man's being lifted up as a God king. And his church was so delusionally, demonically deluded that they took this devil back. <laughs> it's like the Twilight Zone. It really is. It's like you, you, you can't even believe what you're... I can't even believe what, I have to, what I'm reporting on anymore. It's gotten so bad. Let's go further. In the video, which has gone viral, and I give you a link here, Eddie Long is proclaimed to be royalty by the guest speaker. I'm sure this guest speaker was got paid handsomely for his efforts. And Mester says, quote, he's a king of Eddie Long. God blessed him. God's blessed him. He's a humble man. Humble, right. 
Watch some videos of this guy. <laughs> Humble. But in him is kingship. I'm going back to the quote. Kingship. King of what? Satan? King of hell? King of evil? In him is royalty. In him was a land of Israel. End of quote. Man. During the ostentatious display from the service last Sunday, Long is then wrapped in an ancient Jewish Torah scroll. They wrap him in this Old Testament Torah scroll. And then he's raised in the air on his throne. And he's carrying the Torah scroll at this point. I give you a picture here of of them doing this. By the four men. um, Let me just... In rapturous applause of his parishioners. I mean, the whole church is going crazy. Crazy. And they are crazy. They're insane. Anybody that would honor this devil. Woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. I can't think of a more of a vile thing than some bisexual, perverted, pedophile who's sodomizing black teenagers after he's won their confidence over, taken them in, showered them with gifts, calling himself a man of God. I can't think of a more vile person than that, hardly. But the wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. What does that say about his congregation? Are they righteous? Or are they wicked? I'm talking about for the most part. I don't want to make a blanket judgment to every single person in his church. But I'm just saying, I mean, I don't, this don't compute to me. Anyway, I give you my teaching then on this guy. You can listen to it. Let's look at some Bible verses regarding this. this. These Bible verses really reminded me of him and a lot of the wicked ministers that I end up exposing on this audio on a weekly basis. First, Second uh, Peter 2.1 says, But there were false prophets also among people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. See, damnable. Damn means to hell. I don't mean the cuss word. I mean, you know, damnable heresies. Heresies that lead someone to hell. Even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. This is what reminds me when I see this devil up on, a, up on his throne being carried around. Many shall fall, and, and, and then the, the crowd going just crazy nuts. And, and, and I mean, oh man, it, it's incomprehensible. Many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Do you think people in the world that know about this guy, they see this video and they're like, isn't that that same guy that like was molesting those four black boys, and now he's back at the church, and now they're proclaiming him as like this. God king thing, and he's righteous, and he's what, and all this other stuff? Are you kidding me? Well, by reason, 
Uh, Men shall follow the pernicious ways, their evil ways, essentially, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. So what ends up happening is, they identify that as, okay, that's Christian. Because they call themselves Christian. So the way of truth then, which is true Christianity, is now evil spoken of because of people like Eddie Long. Just one example. That's what that means. And through covetousness, meaning they covet, they covet, they give me, give me, give me, give me, greed, 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 bring in the money, bring in the money. I watched this video about these Nigerian preachers, and they're obviously they've taken the lead from the American preachers the other day. Oh, it's just so sickening. It's so grievous to watch these videos and how they they market themselves and how they, they do it through Fain words and covetousness and and these these miracles, uh, supposed miracles. And I mean, the guy that was, this British guy that was observing all this said, you know, the guy that you supposedly healed, I saw him walk in. And suppose it was the first time this kid had ever walked in like whatever his whole life. He said, but I saw him walk in. And, you know, he gets out of the chair, he starts walking, everybody's going crazy, oh, you know, this and that. And he walked in and it was a total lie. These people get paid off. And they talk about, oh, we've raised all these people from the dead. You know how many times I've heard that lately? I want to really see some evidence of that. I'm not saying God can't do it. But he's not going to do it through some evil, wicked ministry. And then how at the end of the service, all these, and and how he was supposedly casting out demons and stuff like that. And now at the end of the service, they had to have these, they look like, like half trash bins they were passed around. All the people were just piling money into these things. And throwing money at the pastor's feet. In adoration of him. And how he's thronged everywhere he goes. And this and that. And he goes from one church to the other. And then it showed him being Mr. CEO. Coaching all of his other preachers that had their own churches. And there's like all these churches popping up in Nigeria everywhere. And they're, and, they're, and they're all about miracles and getting money is the main thing though. Getting money is the main thing they preach on. It's gimme, 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 gimme. It's all self-centered. The whole church. You should be all driving Ferraris. And, and, and all this garbage that is... I mean, I'm literally listening to this guy preach. And then one, then one preacher says, oh yes, he says, after I came up... And, and I saw, and I, and I, I yielded, and I started giving 10% of my income to this, this, pre, this great man of God. He said, within three months, I got three cars. He says it was like magic. That was his exact words. And then he says, I couldn't wear, afford to wear these kind of clothes before he was wearing a real nice suit. He says, but now I can. And it was all about money. Money, money, money. And he says, if you give 10%, then you'll have this too. And there's, I mean, all, I mean, they're just flagrant, flat out, totally flagrant about it over there. I mean, they don't mince words at all. And it was just incomprehensible. And the guy, the British journalist, had the sense to see it, clearly. But everybody else was so brainwashed, and so covetous, and so deluded. And it's demons deluding these people. Why? Because of one of the last words, the last things in this thing. So let's hold that point. Why? Why do they get so demonically blinded when they put themselves under these men? 
we're going to get to that in this in this portion of scriptures, but just bear with me. Let's go back. Through covetous shall they with feigned words, like false words, make merchandise of you. That's exactly how all these mega churches are built. That's exactly what I was just talking about with, the, with those Nigerian pastors. Benny Hinn, the televangelist, TBN, it's garbage. Big gigantic buildings they build and all this other stuff and they basically pretty much uh, pretty much ignore the, the, the poor and the orphans and the widows and, and those are all or if they do it's this infinitesimal amount of their uh, of their actual ministry that goes to that. Through covetous shall through covetousness shall they, these false preachers, these false prophets, these false teachers, they shall make, with feigned words, with false words, make merchandise of you. That's what's, that's the norm. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not. Meaning they're appointed to hell. And their damnation slumbereth not. They're going to hell. I don't see how you could do that unless your conscience had been seared with a hot iron. And if your conscience is seared with a hot iron, I don't know how you get it unseared. I'm not saying God can't do it, but the Bible says that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. 1 Timothy 4.1 That's more the norm now. Next verse, or verse, thir- we'll skip ahead to verse 13 now, 2 Peter 2.13 and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. That's like a reward they actually receive in hell, or or maybe before they're cast into the lake of fire. I don't know. But they shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. They're deceitful devils, and, they, and they'll go and they'll eat and they'll 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 buddy up and they'll pal around, and they, but they're deceivers, having eyes full of adultery. What, like Eddie Long when he was molesting all those teenage black boys? I mean, he's he's married, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin. They can't do it. They can't cease from sin. Beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices. They covet, they want, they want, they want. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. See, they love the fact that they're deceiving the masses. They love it. They don't feel bad about it. They love it. It empowers them. They get their sense of identity and worth by deceiving and it makes them feel so smart because they're deceiving you and you don't even know it. And they think it's so hilarious when all these people send in this money and they're getting rich and you're getting poor. I'm not saying we shouldn't give. But I'm saying, you better be real careful where you're giving to. Where you're sowing your seed. You know? Because if you're sowing it into Eddie Long's ministry, that is some really, really bad ground. And I do believe in that concept. 
I'm not saying I don't believe in that concept. I'm just saying you better be real careful where you're doing that with. Because God will hold you accountable. To whom much is given, much is required. Some people are gifted with monetary things. And much is required of them along those lines. As a man hath purposed in his heart, so let him give. But not grudgingly or out of necessity, for the Lord loveth a cheerful giver. According to Corinthians, you give cheerfully. As a man hath purposed in his heart, as he's so led by the Holy Spirit, essentially. And I don't mean like the heart is deceitful above all things. I mean as the Lord guides you. Okay, That's the New Testament concept of giving. I've done a whole teaching on that. The Old Testament Levitical tithe versus the concept of New Testament giving. That's very important. You don't hear that hardly ever preached on either. All these preachers got everybody convinced that we're still under the Old Testament Levitical 10% tithe. We were never under that. That was something specifically given to the Jews. And again, I don't want to say much more about that. You can just key in tithe in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. So let's go further here. So, these, meaning these types of men, or or women (laughs) in this case, these are wells without water. Clouds that are carried with a tempest. To whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. That is Eddie, I'm just using them because we just talked about him. That is Eddie Long's destiny, unless he repents. And I don't think it's going to happen. Wells without water. You go to a well and you want water and you, and you put the bucket down in there and you bring it up and it's just sand. People go into these churches thinking that they're going to be spiritually fed or nourished or hydrated in this particular case are not going to get that. They're going to get deceived. And we're coming to that verse I was talking about. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure like a woman allures, so like, a, like a prostitute would allure a man, okay? The mermaids would allure the seamen ashore through their voices. They allure through the lusts of the flesh. Now, in this particular case, I think a lot of it is gimme, 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 gimme. I'm going to give to this guy, I'm going to give to this ministry, I'm going to give to this supposed great man or woman of God, and I'm going to get back. Or, I'm going to go get my healing, I'm going to get, get, get my deliverance, I'm going to get my blessing. I'm, I mean, listen, I've been there, I've done it. I've been in that whole charismatic stuff, big time. So it's not like I don't have anything to draw on here. I was in that stuff headlong for a while. So I know exactly what that's all about. When they speak, these false deceiving teachers, preachers, whatever you want to call them, they speak with great swelling words of vanity. They can be the greatest orators, the greatest speech givers you could imagine. They allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. They're tell- the Bible's telling you, escape from these churches. Why? Because if you stay there, you too will be corrupted. You might have went in there clean, but you better escape because you're not going to be clean forever if you stay in them. Why? Because of the next verse, which is the verse I wanted to get to. Verse 19, while they promised them liberty, they pro- I mean, all these preachers promise, oh, liberty, liberty, you know, yeah, you can do this and you can do that and you're going to have this and you're going to have this and 
While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is, is, is he brought into bondage. In bondage. Now let's go over that last part. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. If you go to these churches and you sit in the pews, and you give your money and you whatever, and you stay there and you participate, you will be overcome eventually, most likely. And you are going to be brought into bondage. And you will be blinded. You will be overcome, brought into bondage, and you will be demonically blinded, and you won't even see anything wrong with it anymore. And that's how people can stay in these churches after a devil like this pays off four teenage black boys for sodomizing them all these years, get caught red-handed, all these accusers coming out of the woodwork, can't refute anything, pays them off, and then they let this devil come back? They were still evidently under his bondage. They still couldn't. That's the state, the lukewarm state of the modern-day Laodicean Revelation 3 church. In action. That's one of the greatest examples I've ever seen of it. Eddie Long's church. Going further. Verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world. Through the knowledge of, our, of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They are again entangled therein. And overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them to have not have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it, it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed in her wallowing in the mire. All these people that have taken this man back have returned to their own vomit. It's a, like a dog returning to his own vomit. And, and a sow or a pig that was washed, and then she goes back into the pig slop and into, into its own feces to wash, to, to roll around. That's exactly what they did when they took this devil back. He never admitted he did any of this stuff. He just settled out of court. Bought him off, gave him some time to cool down, come back strong. Proclaiming him the God King now, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's just totally insane. Now, people ask me, I've heard this before. Well, yeah, but I went, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm saved, this and that, but I went back, I got tangled up in the world. And I repented, and I'm sorry, but I don't think God's forgiven me. And I'm like, well, hold on, listen. If you are to the point where you literally can't repent. And your conscience is seared with a hot iron, and you have no desire to repent, then that answers your question. But if you can repent, and you do feel sorrow, and you have seen God's chastisement on your life, I mean, look what he did with the prodigal son. You could have said, well, the prodigal son, well, he... he you know, he went back into the world and, and he had he had a good thing and, and a wonderful thing, godly thing, and then he went into the world and he did this and he did that and, and, and God's rejected him. There's no hope. No, he came back and God accepted him. Why? Because he had the ability to repent. 
when you lose that ability, and when you lose, and if you see no chastening of God on your life, and you have no desire, and your conscience is sealed with a hot iron, yes, I do believe you've crossed the line. I believe you've probably at that point committed the sin unto death that 1 John 5 talks about, which doesn't really get real specific about what that is. It says if you see a brother sin a sin, um, sin the sin of death or whatever, you should not even pray for it. As close as I can identify that sin, it is habitual, unrepentant, unsorrowful, unremorseful, sinning over and over and over again, like the Bible describes in Jeremiah 7, Jeremiah 11, and Jeremiah 14. Because in those portions of Scripture, at least two of those, it describes the Jews that were thinking they were holier than thou. Thinking that they were literally in God's will. But at the same time, they were baking cakes to the Queen of Heaven and sacrificing their children. This is how self-deluded they had become. Yet they thought they were in God's will. Why? Because they were totally demonically blinded, their conscience had been seared with a hot iron, and God finally says, don't even pray for them anymore, because I will not hear your prayer. That is what I believe the sin unto death is of 1 John 5. And that's the, that's the line, I believe, that when you cross that, and I don't know when that is, and it's not something you want to test God about, and that doesn't mean that we walk around in sinless perfection either. Because the Bible says, if we say we have no sin, we lie and the truth is not in us, and we deceive ourselves. But it doesn't also give us a license to sin. Use not your liberty for an occasion of the flesh, it says. And we don't sin that grace may be abound. But even Paul said that, oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. Who should deliver me from the body of this death? The things that I shouldn't do, that I do. And the things that I should do, that I don't do. Talks about that in Romans. Now, that again, it doesn't give us a license. I'm trying to give you the big picture on the whole thing. Paul struggled. Okay? So I don't want to. I don't ever like to put the pressure. Oh, you got to walk around because there's a big, there's a big sect of Christians now. There's a whole other sect of Christians that are in this thing where oh no, you have to walk around in sinless perfection now. What? Are you kidding me? And they take certain verses out of the Bible, out of context, and isolate them, which is what you always got to do to prove some cultic doctrine. And they read some book somewhere. Oh, you've got to walk around in sinless perfection. If you say, well, I guess we're all going to hell then. If we say we have no sin, we lie and the truth is not in us and we deceive ourselves. All of sin that comes short of the glory of God. The Bible says the thought of foolishness is sin. You ever had a foolish thought in your head? We will not walk around in sinless perfection until we walk in heaven with Jesus Christ. It's not going to happen. Jesus Christ is the only one that ever walked the earth in sinless perfection. And if we could walk around in sinless perfection, that means that we would have the potential to redeem ourselves, which we don't have that potential. Because only Jesus Christ and his blood and and his sacrifice on the cross paid that price on Calvary. We cannot look to ourselves for our own salvation. For you are saved by grace through faith and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I've done a whole teaching on salvation, you can go clear. And I, I go over more Bible verses than I think I've ever heard anyone go over on the subject of salvation. Again, trying to present the big picture. And then the, and then if you 
uh, click on the salvation tab at contendingfortruth.com and then listen to the other teachings after that. One's on like baptism and one's on uh, bearing the cross of Christ and one's on the, the biblical concept of overcoming. I, I like to keep those concepts kind of like with that teaching but also separate and after salvation. Because you can muddy the waters a lot and start to bring works into it. And, and you, you've got to be really careful about that. Because if we think we're saved through works, then, you know, we're going to have a rude awakening. So, let's go further here. Actually, uh, well... Yeah, I'm looking, I'm going to probably go to part four here, because I'm not going to get through all this. I uh, had a listener, Michelle, sent me this picture of this church. It kind of reminded me of this whole concept of Eddie Long, because, you know, he's done a lot of dancing, and he started that new dance move, new move, Cross It Up, in his church. And it's entitled, It's Getting More and More Difficult to Tell the World from the Church, Night Club Night. And live bands and dancing at this church. She rode by and she took this picture of this church. And obviously you can't see it. You're going to have to look at the PDF. It's on page 13. And it says, Club Nights, Live Bands and Dancing. First Friday of every month. And it's Embassy Church. And it shows this big blown up picture of this supposed pastor and his wife. Uh, I can't imagine having like a big blown up headshot of myself or something. And this artistic rendition. <laughs> Golly, I can't imagine the pride. I would be like going out of my way not to do that. I'm sorry, but I mean, there's, it's just hilarious looking at this stuff. And yeah, it's, it's Embassy Church. And it, it really, you'd go by it, and if you just went by there, if you just did like a real quick look, you'd think it's a nightclub. I mean, that's what you'd think. Well, that's, you know, that's what the churches are becoming now. I, for that, I, I posted a whole bunch of teachings I've done on the charismatic movement. My recent trip down Charismania Lane, which is one of my favorites of all time, kind of. And then Pentecostals take the United Nations by storm. Now, these are some older ones. Now, audio quality isn't as good as the ones I've got now, but forgive me on those. Um, and then the Manifest Sons of God, Joel's Army, Labyrinth Movement. Okay, that one. Lakeland Revival, Convicted Child Molester, Todd Bentley. Did you know Todd Bentley was a convicted child molester? Yeah. Anyway, and Lying, uh, Signs and Wonders, uh, God TV, Lakeland, Todd Bentley, and Satanism. you gotta hear my, you got to hear my testimony on Todd Bentley, if you don't know who that is. Um, and then Bentley's Kundalini Calling to Open the Stargates for Satan. It's a nice lighthearted teaching that I did. But... Um, for those of you that haven't heard about Todd Bentley, when I had more time in the past, I would go to these things. I went to Todd Bentley, to his uh, Lakeland revival. He wasn't there that day. But I went there with um, a friend of mine, a Christian named Doug, and we went there and we prayed for probably ugh, four or five hours in the back. And to make a long story short, we left that week, two days later, that big tent that he had had to erect because of the thing that had been exploded so much of the whole signs and line wonders and miracles thing. Two days later, the tent was down. And within that week, by Friday, it came out where he openly admitted that he was cheating on his wife 
and had been doing so, and then he wanted a divorce from his wife, and he was done at that point. Now, I know he's back kind of a little bit, but nothing like was before. And within one week of us going there and praying for about four hours, all that happened. And I don't believe that's an accident. And I'm not going to take credit. I'll give the Lord Jesus Christ the glory. But it is, I mean, this has been going on for months now. Months and months and months. A long time. Been on 2020, all this stuff. Guy was just tattoos all over him. Demon possessed, evil. Punching people, kicking people, doing all kind of crazy stuff to get them to whatever be slain in the spirit. And um, all that transpired within about a five day period after we went there and prayed. So, there is power in prayer. I mean, big time. Praise the Lord. So, uh, next article here. Let's see where we're at on time. Uh, so, Christian Church opens its own tattoo parlor. <laughs> and wrestling arena. <laughs> I'm not making this stuff up. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go to part. I'm gonna go to part four because I'm running out of time on this one, and um, I got to play a little video with this, and I don't think I'm gonna have enough time. So I'm gonna go to part four, and we're gonna hear about this Christian church that has its own tattoo parlor and wrestling arena. <laughs> so God bless you. We'll see you in part four.